It's time for Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean. With you every week at this time, streaming live via HealthyLife.net, Positive Talk Radio. Spiritual Awakening Radio explores the world of spirituality, comparative religion, and books, East and West. Today's program is part two of my ongoing series, Exploring the Origins of Santmat, the Path of the Masters, the Masters of India. On last week's program, I delved into the definition of the term Santmat, mentioning that it is a term that a great saint from Hathras, India, adapted or coined back in the 19th century and has been with us ever since, used by millions of people ever since that time, the term Santmat. And I mentioned also that even though the name Santmat came into major usage during the 19th century, during that time of uh, a kind of rebooting or revival of Indian spirituality, theosophy, and just all of these interesting spiritual movements blossomed to uh, reaffirm the spiritual roots of India. All of these movements emerged during the 19th century, including the Radhaswami movement. I mentioned theosophy, and uh, certainly Tulsi Sahib of Hathras is another one of those who adopted the term Santmat as a new name for an ancient path that had been around for many, many centuries. The teachings of Kabir, he, he mentions Kabir, he mentions Guru Nanak, Dadu Dayal, Tukaram, Namdev, Mirabai, all of these great saints of the past as being part of this perennial philosophy of Santmat, this mystical tradition of the ages. I mentioned that even though some of the earliest saints that are usually mentioned are Kabir, Guru Nanak, Namdev, and Namdev's spiritual master, Vishobha Keshar, and Jayadeva, composer of a great hymn called Gita Govinda, which I have as, as a three-CD set, a jewel box with three CDs inside with a couple hours' worth of music, called Gita Govinda. That is a beautiful hymn that was composed by Sant Jayadeva back uh, during the 12th century. He's considered to be one of the first uh, known saints in the somewhat modern times, um, although that's not terribly modern. Uh, some have uh, mentioned Goraknath from the 11th century as being of the same caliber as Sants. I also mentioned that in ancient times, uh, in a text known as the Bhagavad Purana, uh, there are references to Sants during the time of Krishna and the Bhagavad Gita. And I mentioned also that the Upanishads contain some of the same teachings that are found and the same meditation practices that are found in the Sant tradition of India, dating things way back, you know, uh, long, long ago, 2,000, 2,800 years ago. Inner sound meditation, for instance, is described in the Nad Bindu Upanishad and other Upanishads, inner light meditation, uh, a belief in a formless God, 
is described in the Upanishads of Hinduism. And actually that's found to be in, in the Gita. There's a section of the Gita that talks about how God with form is easier for people to grasp. But there is a formless God that is beyond, that is really the goal that's in the Gita as well. I mentioned last week that Sri Maharishi Mehi Parmhans in his book Satsang Yoga Volume 1 uh, really catalogs all of these references in ancient Hindu scriptures to Santmat-like teachings, inner light and sound meditation, Narguna Bhakti or devotion to a formless supreme being, a kind of God beyond God, if you will, or God beyond the gods, a one God of spirit and truth beyond uh, other uh, powers, rulers, and whatnot in the cosmos. Nothing new under the sun. In ancient times, Hindu scriptures uh, mention all of these same teachings. What happens, however, is the teachings get lost. Uh, Welcome to the section of the show I'm now calling uh, Losing the Truth. Uh, Whenever I discuss this subject, it seems like losing the truth is a good name for it. Um, When a spiritual path begins, you have a living master and his circle of disciples gathered around the Bodhi tree or on the mountain top or on the lake shore. And you get the real deal, the original teachings right from the living teacher. But over time, Uh, the mystical element, the esoteric teachings, the meditation practice gets lost. And so it's much easier to communicate to future generations blueprints on how to build a temple or where to tie up the guru's cat, to use that analogy, how to uh, do certain rites and rituals. It's easy to do the material things and tradition. But states of consciousness, subtle states of being, meditation practices, those are easily forgotten. Those are harder to write down and communicate. It's not like memorizing a creed. I believe in A, B, C, and D. You have to catch this as a spiritual state of consciousness. It's something between master and disciple. So if there is no living master... If there is no one to communicate this, eventually you'll find no living uh, devotees anymore, no one who has been initiated into the sound, into the light. And and the mystical state, the secrets of meditation, die off with the last of the practitioners that knew the secret, and things disappear. And so you can find references to inner light and sound meditation in ancient scriptures and traditions and perhaps those practices in some traditions have fallen into disuse unless there's a living teacher to be the embodiment of that state of consciousness it's very easy to uh, completely miss it in the western world we have many examples of uh, Gnostic gospels and uh, other very advanced mystics that have been in the past and left behind some great scriptures, great writings. Where are they now? You know, and who understands what they were trying to say? You know, without a living mystic, it's hard to teach mysticism. 
unless someone is the embodiment of the experience, it's hard for that knowledge to be understood by people and for that to be communicated to future generations. So this perennial philosophy of the saints, this path of the masters, is all about uh, a focus on what the living Buddha once taught when he was sitting under the Bodhi tree and disciples were gathered around him. That first generation, that original group of disciples, that's the real focus. Not so much temple construction and rituals and where to tie up the guru's cat, you know, centuries later and other traditions that evolved out of that and went in umpteen different directions. The same is true for early Christianity and for the mystics and for Rumi and Shams of Tabriz. What were their teachings like? What were they into? What was that original group of disciples, the followers of Rumi? What were they like? What, what did they understand? What was their meditation practice? What diet did they follow? What diet, what practices did the early Christians follow? And so on. That is the real focus. And that knowledge is so easily lost, even if it's written down in scriptures. Who's going to understand those scriptures and what was the intended meaning if there are no living teachers, if there are no living mystics who um, experience the same thing? It takes one to know one. And so that's always the, the vexing issue. Mysticism in human history, including in India, has always been a part of this process of crisis and renewal, of death and rebirth, the dying of the old and the rebooting of the truth in some other place, the losing of the truth and a new master emerging someplace else. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end, and you find this cycle of... Uh, masters emerging in new locations and uh, the torch being passed around, moving from place to place. Rituals and tradition is much easier to maintain over time, but the path of the mystics, that is very subtle, and it's easy to forget. And the, the journey of the spiritual path is all about remembering in a world of illusion and forgetfulness. Maharishi Mehi Parmhans has a great book on the, the, the teachings uh, preserved in early Hindu scriptures. Uh, it's a book called Satsang Yoga, Volume 1, filled with quotes from Upanishads and all of these beautiful texts from long ago showing that there's nothing new under the sun. The same path communicated today has been around for a very, very long time. A very, very long time. And it's easy for these things to become obscured by tradition and forgotten. And uh, blessed are those who can sit at the feet of living teachers and learn the secrets of meditation practice from them. Who was Tulsi Sahib's guru? That's my quest this week on Spiritual Awakening Radio, answering that question. Everyone in contemporary Sant Mat has a clear idea about their own recent history of masters, at least dating back a few generations. Most trace their lineage of gurus back to Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, India. Tulsi Sahib 
is viewed as the Adi Guru or founding guru, the great grandfather of modern day Sant Mat. Most all lineages go back to him. The identity of Sant Tulsi Sahib's guru has understandably been of great interest to many students of Sant Mat history. It is quite normal for followers of a spiritual path to be curious about the family tree of previous masters, wanting to know where their spiritual path comes from. So, who was the guru of Tulsi Sahib? And who was that individual's guru? Who was the guru before that? And so on. Some believe that Tulsi Sahib, the great saint of Hathras, never mentioned the name of his guru in his writings that have survived. For them, there is no answer to this question. Tulsi's guru is simply unknown to history, period. But in recent years, I have established my own view and have come to perceive that Tulsi Sahib did indeed mention the name of his guru on numerous occasions. The name has been there this whole time. All we need to do is notice it in the writings attributed to Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. Finding evidence for Tulsi Sahib's spiritual master or group affiliation Noticing examples of Guru Bhakti, I want to share with you something that I noticed some spiritual masters do. In the first part of Sarbachan Radhaswami prose, authored by Huzura Maharaj Raisalagram, the disciple of Swamiji Maharaj, who wrote this introduction to the teachings of his spiritual master, Swamiji Maharaj, the essence of the teachings of Param Guru Swamiji Maharaj, the founder of the Radhaswami faith, a major branch of Sant Mat founded in 1861. It includes Swamiji's list of India's greatest saints, including the name of one almost unknown guru during those days, a contemporary master by the name of Tulsi Sahib, the great saint of Hathras, India. The names of some of the perfect and true saints, sods, and fakirs who manifested themselves during the past 700 years are, according to Swamiji's teachings, Kabir Sahib, Tulsi Sahib, Jagjawan Sahib, Garabdas, Paltu Sahib, Guru Nanak, Dadu Sahib, Tulsi Das, Nabaji, Swami Hari Das, Sur Das, and Ravi Das. Some of the Muslim names are Shams of Tabriz, Malana Rumi, Hafez, Sarmad, and Sani. A perusal of their writings would give an idea of their spiritual attainments. Unquote. A passage from Sarbachan Radhaswami Prose, Book 1, a summary of the teachings of Swamiji Maharaj of Agra. And we know just how significant a reference that turns out to be. One of these names is not like the others. Or in other words, one of the names on Swamiji's list is quite different from the rest, in that it's the name of a contemporary guru, not a classic saint who lived centuries earlier. This inclusion of the name Tulsi Sahib on his list is pregnant with meaning. After all, we know that Tulsi Sahib was the guru of Swamiji Maharaj. Swamiji and his wife Radhaji were part of Tulsi Sahib's satsang community in Hathras and Agra, and 
as were their families and extended families. They all were followers of Tulsi Sahib. Furthermore, after the death of Tulsi Sahib in 1843, Swamiji Maharaj, also known as Sant Radha Swami Sahib, became closely affiliated with the spiritual successor of Tulsi Sahib in the Tulsi Sahib community by the name of Maharaj Gudhari Sahib. And this was true all the way up to the time of Gudhari's passing in August of 1860. And then a a few months later, Swamiji officially inaugurated his own public satsang in Agra during February of 1861. So when the master dies, the successor, you know, uh, perhaps after a brief period of time, uh, emerges and begins his own official satsang, which we find with Swamiji in February of 1861. For information about the connection between Shiv Dayal Singh, also known as uh, Swamiji Maharaj, or Sant, uh, a.k.a. Sant Radhaswami Sahib, Gudhari Sahib, and the Tulsi Sahib group of Hathras, see the earlier issue of Sach Khan Journal, titled Maharaj Gudhari Sahib, the Unknown Guru of Radhaswami History. I also have a, a revised, updated version of this earlier article on uh, Santmat history research I did, I can send a, a link to you or send a copy of this document as a PDF file. My email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. I wrote an article and it was published in Sach Khand all about uh, Maharaj Gudhari Sahib and Swamiji Maharaj's connection to the Tulsi Sahib group in Hathras. So uh, here we notice that Swamiji doesn't come out and say, my guru was so-and-so. I mean, to his followers, it was an obvious thing once upon a time. But you see what he does. He, he mentions the name Tulsi Sahib and elevates this obscure contemporary name right up there with some of the greatest saints in the history of India. And that is the clue that is present in that early Radhaswami literature uh, that says, uh, it shouts loud and clear and proclaims that the guru of Swamiji Maharaj was Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. That was an incredible reference, you know, Tulsi Sahib, this relatively unknown contemporary guru during the time of Swamiji is uh, elevated right up there with uh, Guru Kabir, Guru Nanak, Rumi, all these super saints of, of the past. And that alone reveals that uh, Swamiji Maharaj was connected to Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. Now, coming up during the next segment of the program, I will find other examples of this where saints have composed a hymn that lists some of the greatest saints and Sufis and sages of the past that also have one name in particular on that list that's not like the others, a name of a contemporary guru that turns out to be their guru, their spiritual master. And so you can see this pattern of guru bhakti or how some who are devoted to their spiritual teacher uh, 
don't, you know, for our convenience, don't come out and say, my guru is so-and-so. They're, they're not following our cultural etiquette. They're following their own cultural etiquette. And you can notice how they do that sometimes. They compose these hymns of praise and, say, and, and mention their guru along with all of these other super saints of the past. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio coming up after these messages. James Bean. It's a pleasure being here. Each week, Spiritual Awakening Radio streams live via HealthyLife.net, Positive Talk Radio. My website is SpiritualAwakeningRadio.com. At the website, you'll find links to podcasts that you can stream or download for free anytime of the day or night. Links to my blogs at WordPress and Blogger. Medium, Tumblr, Daily Spiritual Quotes via Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and other sites. You'll see links to various articles. I have an e-library of online books in different categories. Gnostic Sufi, Sant, Radhaswami, Books of Kripal Singh, Classic Saints of India, Sikh Scriptures vegan vegetarian section lots there at the website there's a donate button at the website also spiritualawakeningradio.com before the break I was during the series this is part two uh, exploring the the origins of the saints of India the path of the masters before the break I was uh, showing that in the writings about Swamiji Maharaj of Agra, the famous saint of Agra, he had a list of his all-time favorite saints. And these were saints and Sufis of the past, several centuries, Root Rumi, Shams of Tabriz, Kabir, Guru Nanak, Dadu Dayal of Rajasthan, and so on, Mirabai, plus the name of one contemporary guru, that was not a famous classic saint who lived centuries earlier, but a contemporary person alive during the time of Swamiji Maharaj, a name different from all the others. And from the history, we know that uh, Swamiji's guru was indeed Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, and there's a lot of history that has survived uh, that lets us know that. That is the definite scholarly consensus about his life, that he was a Disciple, his wife, his family, everyone, the whole circle of family members were all followers of Tulsi Sahib, the famous saint of Hathras. So that name, Tulsi Sahib, being on his list of India's greatest saints, is extremely significant. It's, it's like if someone in the 1950s had a, a book and they listed some of their favorite saints of all time, and on that list were, were all of these names of the past Swamiji, Tulsi Sahib, Guru Nanak Kabir, and Huzur Baba Sawan Singh, the great saint of Bayas. That would immediately tell you a lot about that person's affiliation for a spiritual path, that they somehow were connected to Sawan Singh. 
or was initiated by Sawan Singh or a representative of Sawan Singh or one of his successors that would immediately tell you that in the same way that Swamiji's list that mentions Tulsi Sahib suggests that those two were very close. Another example of this pattern of Guru Bhakti found in Saints of India, the custom of certain saints. A similar list of saints was made by Maharishi Mehi Paramhans and can also be quite instructive, providing us with another example of how to recognize Guru Bhakti present in the writings of saints or the hymns of saints. Here we find the same pattern of earlier gurus of Indian history being listed as the greatest saints of all time, along with one obscure contemporary name, not like the others, thus revealing who Maharishi Mehi's guru was. Great praise to all the saints. A hymn of Maharishi Mehi. In which manner will one pray to them? My mind is so inexperienced. Saints, being the destroyers of sorrows, do away with worldly traps. They are the treasure troves of knowledge and meditation. Highly proficient in the techniques of single-minded concentration and the yoga of sound, they propagate the same in plain language all over the world. Great are the sages and saints like Buddha, Shankar, Ramanand. Sacrifice to the magnificent saints like Kabir, Nanak, Goswami Tulsi Das, and Tulsi Sahib, Dadu, Sirdas, Ravi Das, Jagjawan, Paltu Sahib, they are all great benefactors, delivering human beings from the fears of the world. Satguru Devi and other saints are also highly adorable. In this case, Sadguru Devi is the significant name not like the others. It is the name of his guru. In 1909, Maharishi Mehi met Baba Devi Sahib in Bhagalpur, Bihar. Maharishi Mehi, receiving, after receiving the practice, the meditation practice or initiation from his master, was deeply satisfied. Maharishi continued practicing what Baba Devi Sahib had taught him. That's a quote from the life history of Maharishi Mehi, contained in the book Moksha Darshan, or Philosophy of Liberation. Other quotes from the hymns of Maharishi Mehi. Guru Baba Sahib propagated the secrets of Sant Mat. We are all marching ahead in darkness, not being acquainted with the inner secrets of Sant Mat. Guru Baba Sahib explained to us all about these secrets. That's a quote from Padavali, hymn number 102. Maharishi Mehi says that these secrets of the saints lie concealed under various externalities and illusions. Due to Devi Sahib's grace, all of these fully got revealed. Padavali Hem, number 71. The same pattern of Guru Bhakti references embedded in the hymns of another saint. Here he praises all of these great saints of the past, and on their list is one contemporary name, not like all of the others, that reveals the guru that they were associated with, in this case, Maharishi Mehi's guru, Baba Devi Sahib. Baba Devi Sahib is a fascinating uh, teacher. Uh, I have a few passages that I had translated for me. 
he spent a lot of time in Pakistan, actually. He actually uh, loved quoting Sufi poets, and I hope one of these days some of his writings will be translated into English. He was a great uh, saint of India. After the break, I will share with you a list of all-time great saints of uh, Tulsi Sahib. And there's a name on Tulsi Sahib's list of great saints, too, that was different from the others, a contemporary name that, for me, suggests who his guru was. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio, the origins of the saints of India, the path of the masters. Stay tuned. A History of the Saints of India this week on Spiritual Awakening Radio, part of an ongoing series exploring the origins of Santmat, the Path of the Masters. For me, history is actually very spiritual because it's not sectarian. It's like science. It's like the fossil record. It does real damage to superstition and sectarianism and cultishness and fundamentalism and just sort of doctrinal, you know, becoming slaves of tradition. And so it is, for me, very spiritual, because anything that uncovers reality is spiritual. So bring on the fossil record. Ask questions. Poke around. Get some rare books. Have a look. See where it leads you. Pull on that thread. See where you, where you end up, because sometimes you just can't predict it. So for me, scholarship, history uh, is not a dry thing, but is an exciting thing. Attempting to deal with the real, not from a cut and dry doctrinal sectarian point of view, but let's just see where, where this takes us, you know? Truth is another name for God, according to many saints. Uh, the Sufis refer to God as truth or haq, and in the Sant tradition too, uh, the word sat means the true eternal God, the God of truth. So anything that's true, fossil record, you name it, if it's true, it's getting us closer to our source and will keep us out of trouble, keep us away from sectarianism and fundamentalism and uh, keep us honest and, and delving into real things. The same pattern of Guru Bhakti references embedded in hymns can also be observed with Tulsi Sahib. He, too, had a similar list of all-time greatest saints in the history of India. And one name in particular that appears is pregnant with meaning, different from all the others. One relatively obscure contemporary guru he proclaimed and elevated as being of the same stature or status as Kabir, Guru Nanak, Dadu, Maribai, Surdas, etc. The name of that guru is Sant Darya Sahib of Bahar. In Tulsi Sahib's spiritual classic known as the Ghat Ramayan, a follower of the Kabir Panth asked Tulsi, Who can be called a guru? What is the true path? To what religion do you belong? During the lengthy discourse that follows, Tulsi Sahib lists the name of some of the saints he considers to be the greatest. 
Listen, O Pool Das, I have given out the same true secrets which saints like Kabir Sahib, Dadu Sahib, Rai Das Ji, or Ravi Das, Tulsi Sahib uh, mentions also on this list, Darya Sahib of Bihar. He also mentions Guru Nanak, Surdas Ji, Nabaji, and Mirabai. He says, they too have composed similar hymns describing the bliss of the highest spiritual region whose glory I have also sung, blessed by the grace and the dust of the holy feet of saints. Or saints. Got Ramayan, a section of from the book Param Sant Tulsi Sahib, translated by S.D. Maheshwari in my own uh, 1979 edition published in Agra, page 148 great anthology in English, uh, a rare thing to find in the English language, featuring the hymns and poetry and teachings of Tulsi Sahib, one of three books in the English language, in fact, of Tulsi Sahib. Also from the same Maheshwari translation, again during Tulsi's dialogue with Pool Das of the Kabir Panth about the true teachings of Kabir, Sant Dharam Das, and the Anurag Sagar, uh, it says... Nanak Dadu Darya Sahib Mirabai Surdas Kabir and Nabaji have all reached the mystic sky and have given out the secrets their souls have got across and merged there page 128 to mention a few sons I pick up the names of Dadu Mira Naba Nanak Darya Sahib and Surdas Kabir's name I mention again, says Tulsi Sahib. On page 125 of the same translation, we notice an entire hymn. Tulsi Sahib quotes an entire hymn, or Shabd, of Sant Darya Sahib. And in another section of the Gat Ramayan, recently translated into English by the Tarntaran Radhaswami Satsang back in 2011, in a dialogue with a Nanak Panthi, Tulsi again mentions Darya, including him on a list of the highest saints in the history of India. Guru Nanak Dev Ji, Kabir Sahib, Dadu Sahib, Darya Sahib, etc., are all against the killing of living beings. Unquote. That's from a very pro-vegetarian section, page 256 of Baba Kehar Singh's commentary on the Ghat Ramayan, published by the Tarn Radhaswami Satsang. It's somewhat unusual for Tulsi to be frequently mentioning the relatively obscure name of, Tul of, uh, of Darya Sahib, giving him equal status as Guru Nanak and Kabir. But I believe the explanation for this is quite understandable. He's answering the question, to what religion do you belong? I am told that there are many more references to Darya Sahib in the as of yet untranslated portions of his writings, currently only available, of course, in Hindi, behind what I call the Hindi curtain, or the veil of Hindi, where all kinds of great books are, are to be found. Tulsi has mentioned the name Darya Sahib many times in his various satsang discourses and hymns, in my view, because that's the name of his spiritual master, or the founder of the school of spirituality he had been affiliated with. Tulsi offered, uh, authored rather, several books, including Ratan Sagar, Gat Ramayan, Shabdavali, and a smaller 
partly unfinished book called Padma Sagar. These references to Darya Sahib in the writings of Tulsi Sahib and the hymns of Tulsi Sahib are there for us to notice. They provide us with our one and only solid, tangible clue about the identity of Tulsi Sahib's guru. As with Maharishi Mehi's references to Baba Devi Sahib and the high praise displayed in early Radhaswami texts for Sant Tulsi Sahib and Maharaj Gudhari Sahib, these references to Darya Sahib in the writings and hymns of Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, for me, uh, suggest his guru affiliation in the same way they give us the name of the community, the spiritual path that Tulsi Sahib had been affiliated with. Stay tuned for more spiritual awakening coming up. SpiritualAwakeningRadio.com is my website that you can drop by and visit anytime. You can find a podcast of this program soon enough, along with past editions of Spiritual Awakening. Read articles. I can send you a copy of my e-booklet on the origins of Sant Mont, The Path of the Masters. It's in PDF file form, Word document form. And it's online at my blog. I can send you a link to it or attach it in an email and send it to you that way if you prefer PDF file or Word document. Just email me and request that by emailing me at this address, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. The ten Sikh gurus are quite well known in the Western world. The Adi Granth or Sri Guru Granth Sahib is easy to get in English. There are even several translations of Sikh scriptures accessible to anyone for free on the World Wide Web, that great library of Alexandria of the 21st century that we have come to know as the Internet. I can see why it would be so easy for English-speaking Westerners interested in Santmat to come to see the ten Sikh gurus as being a kind of primary line of masters, before the time of Swamiji Maharaj and Radha Swami. However, the world of Kabir and his successors, his guru successors, the writings of uh, the Kabir Panth, the, the Kabir Sagar volumes, Kabir's Ocean of Wisdom, Bhajans of his disciple Dharam Das, other compositions of Kabir lineage gurus, the writings of Sat Sahib, the hymns of Darya Sahib of Bihar and his 23 books, uh, and the four or five books of Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, for the most part, are far more obscure. These are available mostly uh, only in Hindi, virtually unknown to most, especially in North America and Europe. Thus, there is a great need to focus on what has been translated, uh, the information that has come to light, my own research here, and begin the process of looking more carefully at that history. For me, uh, what has come into view is another line of masters that was contemporary with the Sikh line of masters, a a line of masters affiliated with Kabir, and also a a tremendous treasure trove of Sant literature and a much more precise history of the path, uh, those, those masters around before the time of Tulsi Sahib. Everyone wants to know where their spiritual path comes from. 
and uh, it's possible really to trace uh, this uh, path of the masters back many, many generations. I mentioned that Hindi is a kind of veil or curtain, and behind this curtain is a whole treasure trove of writings that for the most part are on my wish list and have not been translated into English yet. This is especially true of the writings of Sant Doria Sahib of Bihar, the guru mentioned in Tulsi Sahib's writings that for me suggest that he was the guru of Tulsi Sahib. The only hist- the only clue that we have, because uh, the name, uh, well, is mentioned in his writings, is mentioned in the writings of Tulsi Sahib, but uh, he doesn't come out and say, my guru was. And, and that's quite often the case. There are no hymns of Kabir that say, and my guru was. You know, sometimes you just have to figure this out. Or what used to be evident in person if you were alive during the time of Kabir, that would have been known. And so he wouldn't have pointed that out. But for us, centuries later, trying to figure things out, it's much more complicated. So we have to look at clues and be like uh, scholars. Uh, Darya Sahib of Bihar was a major figure during the time of Tulsi Sahib and just prior to the time of Tulsi Sahib. A great source of spiritual poetry and wisdom. Uh, I have some books that have his uh, hymns in them and thoroughly enjoy them very much and find a lot of spiritual wisdom and depth there. The Santmat we know, the path that we know, uh, can be traced back to Sant Darya Sahib of Bihar. Uh, just a quick note, in the history of Sant Mat, there was another Darya, uh, another Darya, another saint with that same first name, Darya Sahib of Marwar, who passed on in 1758. A different person, but the same first name. Tulsi Sahib was born in 1763 and passed on in 1843. He would have been in his teens when Sant Doria Sahib of Bihar was still alive, old enough to have sat at his feet, perhaps, perhaps received initiation from him, or one of his uh, representatives. In other words, Darya was a towering figure occupying some of that space in the history of India between the time of Kabir and that of Sant. Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. Darya passed on when Tulsi was around 17 years of age. Darya appointed several uh, saints to be his spiritual successors, and those are actually named in his hymns, uh, Fakir Das, Basti Das, Sant Tika Das, and Sant Guna Das. And those, of course, were also contemporaries alive at the same time as uh, Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. Tulsi Sahib did spend some time in Bihar, evidently, uh, and we know this uh, because there there's a couple of clues. Um, Darya uh, Sahib lived in Bihar and remains home base of the satsang founded by Sant Darya Sahib. Uh, Tulsi Sahib, in his hymns and writings, freely used words of Braj, Rajasthani, Gujarati, Punjabi, and other languages which leads one to conclude that, like many other saints, he must have traveled widely in various parts of India, including Bihar. That's a quote from the book Tulsi Sahib, Saint of Hathras, published by Radhaswami Satsang, Bayas. 
So he used some Bihari terms, and therefore the belief is that he surely did indeed spend some time in Bihar, and Bihar is the place where Sant Darya Sahib had his home base. And Darya Sahib of Bihar is uh, the, the one and only contemporary master named in the writings of Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. If Tulsi hadn't received initiation directly from Darya by the age of 17, the references to Darya Sahib in Tulsi's writings still make perfect sense if he received initiation from one of Darya's spiritual successors, which is another possibility. Anyone initiated by those guru successors would likely have much reverence for Darya Sahib, the great master of those days. On the next edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio, we're going to explore the teachings of Darya Sahib of Bahar and his master. We're going to trace things further back into time, a couple more centuries back in the history of India. Join me then on the next Spiritual Awakening Radio. 